you go to a bookstore these days, one of the big sections of almost any bookstore is a, a section on self-help topics. And you can find a book there written on almost anything that you care to get better about. For instance, if, if you're one of the ladies and you wanted to become a better cook or improve your skills uh, in the kitchen, the culinary talents, well, there's plenty of books written about that. If you, if you wanted to uh, be a gardener, if you wanted to improve your, the landscaping around your house, you want to be better at all that sort of thing, you, plenty of books written on that. Lots of books, of course, have been written about your physical condition. You want to improve your health, you want to be stronger physically, you want to do better in, in a bodily way, then you can do that. There are all kinds of books written about that. Of course, we believe the most important area where we need to make improvement is in our spiritual lives. There are plenty of books at a bookstore along the ideas of spiritual things as well, but the ultimate help book, self-help book, self-improvement book is God's Word, the Bible. And we want to study from a text this morning that I think might help us in improving ourselves by studying the case of a man who sought to better himself. We want to learn a lesson this morning from blind Bartimaeus. Uh, Trent just read the text for us from Mark chapter 10 a few moments ago, and we'll read it again here in just a minute. But we want to think about the story of blind Bartimaeus, a man who encountered Jesus, and think about how his example might serve us well as we seek to improve ourselves and be more the kind of people that God wants us to be. We stop here for just a moment to say thank you for coming on this beautiful Lord's Day. We're glad that you're here. We're glad that we have the privilege to join together in worship. And we are encouraged by the fact that you are here and you want to take part in this as well. We have visitors today. We're grateful for our visitors. Please come back whenever you can. We're glad that you're here. Uh, if you have questions, if anybody has questions about anything that we are doing or teaching here at College View, please ask. And we'll try to give you a Bible answer for any such questions. Thanks for being with us this morning. The text for our study is from Mark chapter 10. And although, as I said, this was just read to us, let's read it again because we're going to stay in this text this morning and try to pick out some points about what blind Bartimaeus did that we might do as well, uh, applying a concept, at least a principle, from his example. In Mark 10, beginning verse 46, they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good cheer, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do to thee? The blind man said to him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. As I said, I think there's several things here that we might take from the specific case of Bartimaeus and apply to ourselves in a more general way as we try to improve our lot in life. Think about this man. He was a blind man. And he wanted things to change. He wanted things to be better. He wanted to receive his sight. Notice what happened here. First of all, we got to stop waiting for ideal circumstances. If you think about Bartimaeus, there was a huge crowd of people around Jesus. 
uh, a great number of people followed along with Jesus as he was going there. And for this blind man, he might have said, well, I'd like to talk to Jesus. I'd like to approach Jesus. Uh, I'd like to make a request uh, for my uh, blindness to receive my eyesight. But this is not this is not a good circumstance. I might not even be able to get to him. I might not be able to make my request to him. There's so many people around. This is just not the ideal circumstances. There were a lot of people demanding Jesus' attention. He might have been discouraged in realizing that they actually were in a better position to get to Jesus and to ask him something than he was. Uh, he was in pretty bad shape. Because of his blindness, he had been reduced to begging. Notice it said he sat by the highway side begging. His life was really very sad. He was in a, deplor- a deplorable situation, but he decided not to wait. This might not have been the ideal time, but it might have been the only time that he'd ever had a chance to speak to Jesus, and so he acted upon it. And I think there's a principle there for us, you know. Waiting for the ideal time is usually a big mistake, because typically the ideal time to do something we need to be doing never comes around. It's always the it's always that we're too busy, or there's always some pressing problem, or there's always some circumstance that's not exactly like we'd like it to be. And so we wait, and we don't do what needs to be done. The fact of the matter is that there is no ideal time for serving God, doing His will, being faithful to Him. There'll always be some hindrance. There'll always be something in the way. We need to be like Bartimaeus and just take action. Uh, you remember in Acts chapter 24, when Paul was speaking to Felix, in Acts 24 at verse 25, as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. We've often commented about that so-called convenient season. And the reality is there is no convenient season. There's no perfect time. There's no ideal circumstance. If you're waiting for everything to just be just right before you make your decision to change your life in favor of doing God's will, that will never come around. And so blind Bartimaeus just decided this may not be the perfect time, but it might be the only time. And so he, he, he acted upon what needed to be done. We need to learn from him. I'd also emphasize that we are responsible for our own lives. We have responsibility. We have accountability. We need to take that responsibility. Uh, in the case of blind Bartimaeus, when he heard that it was Jesus, uh, notice verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Um, he could have waited for someone else, maybe, to say, hey, Jesus, there's this blind man over here. Maybe you could talk to him. Why don't you come over here and see Bartimaeus? He sits here by the side of the road begging all the time. Maybe you could do something for him. He could have waited for someone else to speak up in his behalf. What's the odds that they would have done that? Probably almost none. Uh, the likelihood, very slim, that anybody else would look to him and take, take action on his behalf. He took action. He, he felt a responsibility to ask for himself. You know, more and more, uh, you hear people sort of complaining that things haven't been done for them. Maybe they didn't even ask for something to be done, but they felt that someone should have stepped up and done something for them. I've even known instances in the church when someone might complain or have a, a grievance because something wasn't done for them. And, and in a number of those instances, 
nobody even knew that the need existed. I think the church is pretty good. I think this congregation in particular is quite commendable of people stepping up to help people when they have needs. But I've known cases where people complained that no one did anything for me when the fact of the matter was that no one even knew that that situation existed. Uh, you know, so you, you have to take responsibility. You have to speak up. Uh, in, in, in this case, Bartimaeus spoke up. He needed something. He let it be known. He took responsibility for his own situation. And we need to do that as well. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, one of our memory verses stresses the idea of individual accountability, that you have to act. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. We are individually responsible and accountable. Take that responsibility. Act in your own behalf to improve the things that need to be improved in your life. We also see from Bartimaeus that there's this idea of not worrying about what other people think. Did you notice that when he began to cry out, uh, they charged him that he should hold his peace? Now, Bartimaeus, tone it down here, man. You're, you're bothering Jesus. You, you need to keep quiet. Don't make such a scene. Well, he wasn't going to do that. He, he refused to be still. This was too important. You know, I think all of us could probably sympathize with him. He's a blind man after all. He can't see. And, as, you know, blind people in our day and time would have a difficulty at living life, but there'd be a lot of, of different mechanisms in place to help them. In his case, there probably wasn't any mechanism in place to help him, and so his, he was reduced to begging. When he sees a chance to change that situation, he doesn't wait for the ideal circumstance. He takes personal responsibility to try and get Jesus' attention, and he will not stop. This is too important he doesn't care what anybody else thinks about him. He wants to get Jesus' attention. Uh, we need to have more of that attitude of we don't care what other people think. We're going to put first things first. We're going to live faithfully for the Lord. Uh, if we seem odd, if we seem peculiar, it will just have to be that way. As we were mentioning in Bible class this morning, if no one ever thinks that we're odd or weird as we try to live for the Lord, then we're probably not living for the Lord enough. In 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 3, Peter says, For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Notice this, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excessive riot speaking evil of you. Did you get that? People think, people are going to think you're strange if you keep living as a Christian is supposed to live. Well, they'll just have to do that then. They'll just have to think that we are strange. Uh, so be it. This is too important. What we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve for the Lord, the way we're trying to live our lives in compliance with the will of God, it's too important. We can't worry about what others think. We can't be living our lives concerned for how they judge us. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning verse 3, he says, with me it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judges me is the Lord. The only, the only one whose opinion really matters is the Lord's opinion. We need to stop worrying about what others say. You know, you can, I think in the case of blind Bartimaeus, you can kind of see that. Of course he wouldn't be still. Why would he care that they say, 
hold your peace, be still. Why would he care? This is getting his sight back is too important, right? Well, in a very similar way, what we're doing for the Lord is too important to worry about what other people might be saying about us. We need to stop worrying about that and do the right thing. Notice that he was very decisive in the action that he took. Now, when I say decisive, I want, you, I want to emphasize to you what he did. He cast away his garment to go to Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. He's a blind man, right? He casts away his garment and it doesn't work. He doesn't get his sight back. He may never find that again. Or somebody else may pick it up and take it. And he's a beggar, right? Maybe that garment he got is, that, that he had was the most precious thing he owned. I, I suppose there's a pretty good probability that that was the case. And he cast it aside. To go to Jesus, I would call that a decisive act on his part. Uh, he was really committed to getting to Jesus and making his appeal to Jesus. I want to argue that we don't improve sometimes because we never take that leap of commitment. We, we, we sort of languish spiritually. We, we never really get to where we need to be in service to God because we're unwilling to make that all-out commitment. Wouldn't you say that's what blind Bartimaeus did here? He, he, he made the commitment. He took the step. He didn't hold back. He, he was fully determined. And I think that casting his garment aside was probably a, 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 a real sign of just how committed he was. And we need to have that decisive commitment. Now, unfortunately, as Christians, often we try to sort of keep... One foot here and one foot there. And we straddle the fence and we, and, and, and we're always, again, in our Bible class this morning, we were talking about this, we, we are conflicted, uh, because we don't get our priorities ever firmly committed. In James chapter four, at verse four, James four, verse four, James says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is the, in, is enmity with Christ, or with God rather? Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You can't have it both ways. You're going to have to be decisive. You're going to have to make a decision. Blind Bartimaeus did. Fully committed. I'm going to Jesus. And we need to do the same. Notice also that there is just this very simple concept of do it now. Don't put it off. Don't procrastinate. Um, in his case, we see no delay whatsoever. But that's fully understandable in his case, right? If you were blind and you had a chance to see it again, I don't know uh, if blind Bartimaeus had ever seen it in his life or maybe born blind. We don't know. I don't think it says here. But if you had a chance to see, as a blind man, you had a chance to see, you would not postpone that, would you? You wouldn't delay. You would want that so badly that you would do it whatever. No delaying. What about us? It's not our eyesight, not our physical eyesight that is lost, but, our, but something even more important than that. Our eternal destiny is at stake, and we need to take action to improve ourselves spiritually because we may not have an, uh, very much longer to do that. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, it says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Tomorrow may be too late. And so, it's, again, very understandable that he wouldn't postpone getting up and talking to Jesus. 
But in our case, we shouldn't postpone that either. We, we don't have an indefinite length of time. Uh, we may not have much time. We need to do it now. Notice concerning blind Bartimaeus, he knew what he needed and he could express his need to Jesus. Jesus said unto him, What wilt that I should do to thee? And the blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. A very simple request. He, he knew exactly. When Jesus said, what do you want me to do? He knew. I need to have my sight. No hesitation. No doubt. What about us? Are we that singularly minded? Do we know the one main thing we need? The one main thing we need is to be faithful to God. To be growing spiritually every day. To be more the people He wants us to be so that we can have heaven when we die. If someone were to ask you, what's your greatest need in life? Would you answer from a spiritual perspective? Hopefully, we would. In the book of Philippians, chapter 3, the Apostle Paul describes himself in Philippians, chapter 3, at verse 14. Notice Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's the one thing that was motivating him. That's... That is the main drive in his life, uh, was the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That one goal, to please God, needs to be for us, like Bartimaeus' desire to have his eyesight restored. Know what you're after. Know what your objective is. Press for the mark, as Paul said he did there in Philippians chapter 3. Then notice, finally, we need to believe that things can improve. In, in Bartimaeus' case, they did. Uh, the Lord gave him his sight. Uh, for him, his hopelessness was cured. He, he could see. He didn't have to spend the rest of his life begging. He believed that something good could happen through Jesus, and it did. You know, really, this whole story suggests he had that faith. As soon as he heard that it was Jesus who was coming by there, he began to call out for help. He had faith that Jesus could change the situation in his life, that things could get better. I wonder about us. Do we believe that things can improve in our lives? Through Jesus Christ, things can be better for us. Well, we need to have that confidence because the Scriptures tell us that it can be so. Going back to Philippians 3 for a minute, in verse 13, Paul said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. Then he says, I press for the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Sometimes I think we do feel hopeless spiritually. Lots of problems maybe to deal with in our personal life. Maybe past failures sort of haunt us and plague us. But we should not despair. We should believe that things can improve and through Jesus Christ, our lives can be better. Through Jesus Christ, we can have that right relationship with God, forgiven of past sins and with the hope of heaven in eternity. And so, self-improvement is the idea. In the case of Bartimaeus, it's so clear. He wanted to improve his condition in life to be cured of his blindness to so he could stop begging so he could have a, a, a full life. I think there's interesting spiritual parallels for us. Don't wait for ideal circumstances. They probably will never come. Take responsibility. Stop worrying what others think. Be decisive. Do it now. Know what you need. 
and believe that things can improve. I think all of those are, are general principles that have some interesting application to us in our spiritual lives. What's your situation this morning? Are you right with God? Have you obeyed that simple gospel plan of salvation? If you have not become a Christian through obeying that, what we refer to as plan of salvation, and that's simple, you hear the truth, you believe it, you repent of your sins, you confess your faith in Jesus, you're baptized for the remission of sins. That's how you become a Christian. If you've not done that, then you're still languishing in, in the sins of your life. You're not in a right relationship with God. You don't have heaven as your eternal hope. That's a very bad situation to be in. We talked about blind Bartimaeus this morning. He was in bad shape. You're in a worse shape, spiritually speaking. You're in a worse shape if you're outside the fold of safety. We would urge you to make a decision about that. If you understand the truth and you're ready to obey it, we would be glad to assist in your obedience this morning. But if you need more study so that you can make that decision in an informed way, just say a word. We'd be glad to study with you. If you're a Christian already, but you have slipped back and you've not been faithful to your Lord, realize that that would be sort of the equivalent of Bartimaeus receiving his sight and then losing it again. Can you imagine how devastating that would be? In your case, you've had a past relationship in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you've forsaken it. And now, back in an undone spiritual condition. If you're a Christian and you've fallen away, we urge you to come back in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help, let us know while we stand and sing this song.